Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are coming toward the end of an amazing series of studies on the three cosmic messages. Today, the seal of God and the mark of the beast, part one. Such an important topic. We'll take the next two programs to study this important theme. We're so glad you're with us. And if you missed anything in this vital series, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, and you can watch the entire series on the three cosmic messages. But we're glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School today. And I want to welcome our team. Good to be together again, isn't it? Have you been learning some new things in this series? Three cosmic messages. I've been especially excited that there are 12 teachers in this series. Hopefully it can inspire someone else around the world to start a study. Nisha, we're glad you're leading us in our study today. It's going to be a great topic. We've also got some remote team members with us. Nicholas, good to see you again. Glad you're here. Jamie Jean, glad you're with the team today. And Rodney, again, always glad to have you on the team. We're glad that you're with us also. You're actually an important part of this in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. And I'm excited when people say, Derek, when the teacher asks a question, I raise my hand. We want you to feel engaged in the study of the Word. In fact, I hope you have your Bible with us or you can follow the texts that are on the screen. We're so happy to hear from you. When you write to us, it really is a blessing to our hearts. Why don't you write today, sshope at hopetv.org, and tell us how you're blessed through a study of the Word of God. Or tell us if you're teaching a class and how you are being used by God to bless those around you. Here's a note from Rod in the Philippines. Rod writes and says, I pray that our merciful Father guides you and keep you always. And we say, Amen, Amen right? Amen. Well, when I was in high school, he said, the Bible lessons to me, honestly, were a drag. <laughs> I wasn't able to appreciate the beauty of the Bible studies, not until my college teacher introduced me to Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> he continued, Your in-depth interaction has helped me mature spiritually. Praise God. Amen. Now I can share the knowledge I gained with my parents, mm. my friends, my co-workers. Mm -hmm. I praise God because he has used Hope Sabbath School to help me study the Bible and allow me to share what I've learned from you. Guess what he's doing now with his high school students? <laughs> he's a high school teacher sharing with them. May God continue to bless you. May this program reach more people in preparation for the return of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Isn't that amazing? First coming to love the Word of God yourself, then sharing it with friends, then becoming a teacher and sharing it with your high school students. Eden writes a short note to us from Trinidad and says, I enjoy watching Hope Sabbath School every Friday. My husband is always looking forward to seeing you too. Well, Eden, thanks for writing to us from Trinidad. Here's a short note, handwritten from Louisiana in the southern part of the United States. And uh, the person writes, hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. All right, got the wave. I'm 84 years old, a great grandmother and lifelong follower of Jesus. Wow. 
I attend Sabbath services and prayer meeting, and the Lord continues to bless me. Mm. I live alone with a cat, okay. and we watch you each week. That means the cat's watching too. Amen. I look, I love the way Hope Sabbath School is set up, and the team members are so smart, and I can tell that you all love the Lord. Mm. Here is a small gift. I hope it helps to bring at least one soul to Jesus, our Savior. Thank you so much for your program. One day we'll meet in person in heaven. Amen. Don't stop the program. I've learned so much. And a gift of $200 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Thank you, donor in Louisiana. And thank you to each one of you. We're a donor-supported ministry. You can go to our website. Say, Derek, I want to be part of, of this impact movement, helping people prepare for the coming of Jesus. Go to hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the donate button and say, thank you, God, that I can be part of this special work. Well, one last note from Errol in Jamaica. Anybody from Jamaica? Oh, some, oh, Rodney's waving. Rodney, can we have a wave on the screen from Rodney? He's waving to Errol in Jamaica. And Samantha, I think you were waving too, right? Yes. Hope Sabbath School, writes Errol, has helped me to better understand the Word of God. Mm. It's also helped me to learn how I can teach the Word of God in my church. Praise God. Thanks for your service and dedication. May God bless and keep you all. You know, folks, when I read these emails and when we hear them, it, it reminds us why we do what we do, right? right? Helping people prepare for the soon coming of Jesus. Yeah. Thanks for writing to us. Talking of preparing for the coming of Jesus, we have a wonderful gift for you just during this series. Don't miss it. Pastor Mark Finley and Heart Books have generously offered to give you a digital copy as a member of Hope Sabbath School of Pastor Finley's book, Three Cosmic Messages, same title as our series. It'll be a wonderful companion book to the studies we're doing. All you have to do to get your complimentary digital copy is go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen and you'll discover how you can get a free digital copy of that wonderful resource. Thank you, Pastor Mark Finley yeah. and Heart Books for your generosity. Right now, we need you to sing with us. Have you learned the song from Revelation 15, verses 3 and 4? I know some of you sing a lot better than some of us. This is not a choir. We're just singing the Word of God together. So why don't you join us as we sing? Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Shall not fear you, 
I'm really looking forward to our study today. All right, it is good to be with all of you. So before we start, let's go ahead and say a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, um, we know that you have given us this word, and we know that there is nothing in here that we can understand without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we look at some difficult things today, Father, um, we are asking that you be with everyone in this audience, and we're also asking that you be with everyone who is watching right now, that your Holy Spirit pour an abundance of wisdom on them. And that as they hear about your word and as they absorb your word, that they will study your word and they will come to have a greater understanding of who you Mm -hmm. are and your love for them. And that you are a God who wants them to know all things. And Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and ask that you open your eyes, open our eyes as we open your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, friends, when you woke up this morning and until you got here and are sitting here right now, your life has been full of choices. You've made many decisions and what you may or may not have realized is that some of those decisions and some of those choices that you made actually had eternal consequences. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, some of them, maybe what cereal you ate this morning (laughs) may not have. But what we're going to discuss today as we read portions of Revelation 7, 13 and 14, we will talk about the choices that individuals make, that a church made, and that a government will make Mm. that have eternal consequences. Mm -hmm. Whether to follow and worship God or whether to follow the way of the world. And when we talk about the way of the world, we're talking about the way of a being, Satan. Mm. We are guaranteed eternal life and it is up to you and it is your choice whether or not to accept it. Mm -hmm. Now, when we study the book of Revelation and someone uh, recently said this to me and I appreciated the way in which it was said. Um, And that was, 
that we are given these prophecies, and we see prophecies throughout the Bible, but especially in Revelation, we're given prophecies so that we know that as these things come to pass, that the hand of God is in control. Praise Amen. God. And you have nothing to fear. Yes. Even though some of the things that we look at might be a little scary. All right, so what we're going to do now, we're going to start, um, and we're actually going to turn our Bibles, um, turn the Bibles to Revelation 7. And Zendile, if, we, if I can have you read um, Revelation 7, 1 to 4, but before we, Zendile reads, at the end, the chapter just before this, in Revelation 6, in verse 17, as the uh, chapter ends, John asks this question. Mm -hmm. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Mm -hmm. And so the great day being the second coming, mm -hmm. and his wrath being God's wrath. And so John, in the next chapter, in chapter 7, answers this question. So Zendele, if you could read verses 1 through 4 for us. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Uh, Revelation 7 verse 1 says, After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or the sea or any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living gold. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of God. Then I had the number of those who were sold, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Thank you, Zendale. And so we see that these angels are holding back the winds of strife. Mm. Now, when is it that the angel ascending from the east um, with the seal of God, when does that angel ascend with that seal of God? Mm. Travis? Right before the second coming of Jesus, and more importantly, right before the pouring out of the last plagues on mm. the earth. Thank you. Mm. All right. And so whose seal is this? It says it in the, in the verses. Whose seal is, is going to be placed? Seal. Samuel? Seal of the living God. Seal of the living God. Mm -hmm. And Samuel, where is this seal placed? And, you know, it's interesting. It says, um, you know, in the word seal of the living God, and they're going to place it on the forehead. On the forehead. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, there is a significance to that, right? Nothing in the Bible is written mm -hmm. without meaning. Correct. And so we're going to take a look at what exactly this means. So what is the significance of this um, actually being written on the forehead? So what I want us to do, we're actually going to take a look at one verse, and that is Revelation 14, uh, verses 1 through 2. And Hope, if I could have you read for us those two verses. Absolutely. Revelation 14, verses 1 and 2. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. Okay, so we see in one verse, we talk about this seal being placed on our forehead. Mm -hmm. We see just soon after that, that the name is placed, name of God is placed on our forehead. So we can assume that this is relatively interchangeable, the name of God and the seal of God. Mm -hmm. So now my question for you is, are we going to have a tattoo on our foreheads <laughs> at the end of time with the name of God written on our foreheads. And if you don't think that, well, what is it that we are going to be having placed on our 
foreheads. What is that mm. symbolic of? Mm. 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 So be, well, Samantha? The, um, the central issue of the, this Earth's final conflict, it, it's a battle of the mind. Mm. I mean, the mind, it's a citadel of our being. And we have to, and we're told to let this mind be in us. It's Ephesians 2 verse 5, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's about our, our worship and our allegiance to God. It's not so much of a mark that will be, it will be that a decision that, to have that mind of Christ okay. and, you know, worship okay. him. Thank you very much. So that idea of the forehead and the equivalence of the mind being involved. Okay. Yes. Um, Rodney. I think this is symbolic in the sense that it is a representation of the people of God having a maniacal focus on their relationship uh, with God. It, it is, they have made up their minds for Jesus. So no matter what the devil comes with to try and to deceive and to distract them, they have decided by God's grace clearly that they're going to pledge their allegiance to Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Rodney. And Travis. You know, I agree with Samantha and with Rodney. And it's interesting that the seal of God signifies um, authorship or ownership or authority. So when we see the God's name written on the forehead of these people, and I pray that's everybody here and everyone watching, we're signif it signifies who we belong to. <laughs> we, we are his. And when they see that name written on the forehead, it's like we have decided that we are going to give God, Jesus, ownership, authorship, and authority over our lives. We've made that decision. That, and that's why the beautiful thing about the Sabbath we just studied, he's our creator. We've made the decision. God, we belong to you. Amen. Thank you, all three of you. And there's one thing else I'm going to add to this, right? In addition to all these things that we are to do, there's also a symbol that God has in mind when he places this on our forehead. So you mentioned that he has authorship over us. Well, that also means something else that we are receiving of his. Mm -hmm. If you remember from Exodus 34, and we're not going to turn there, but Moses has just received the Ten Commandments. Um, and the Bible tells us that God proclaims the name of the Lord over him yeah. and continues to say what it is that the Lord proclaimed. And he says, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. What do we call those things with respect to God? Character. The character of God. Mm -hmm. So when we say that there is a seal on our foreheads at the end of time, it is a decision that we make to have the character of God. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, Wow. And by the way, may I just yeah. say, that's a gift. Mm -hmm. you know, I, can't, I can't generate the character of that's God. Right. It's a gift, but it's a gift that I choose to receive, right? Yes. I make that decision that I want, uh, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. um, the character of God to be revealed. But I think mm -hmm. when it's actually happening, we're just thinking, God, you are so amazing, mm -hmm. because we couldn't possibly do that. Pastor Derek just transitioned us beautifully <laughs> into this idea of the Holy Spirit plays a role in the sealing, right? So in Revelation 7, we take a look and see that the, there's an angel that, that has a role in the sealing. Um, the, the Holy Spirit does as well. So let's take a look at Ephesians 4, verse 30. Um, and could I have um, Jason read that for us? The New King James Version says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay. Mm. 
So the Holy Spirit's work in terms of sealing us begins the moment of our conversion, mm -hmm. right? So we are placed on, and on this, as we convert our hearts to God, um, there's an authentication that's placed on us as a believer of God. And this continues, that seal remains in place mm -hmm. until you die, or if you are lucky enough to be around when Christ comes, until Christ comes. And then we've got another seal. Jason, you wanted to make a comment? Oh, I just want to say that when you put a seal on something, it's a process. It doesn't mm. immediately seal right away. Like if you have a hot seal, it takes, there's a little bit of time there where it soaks mm -hmm. in and kind of, but once it's placed, it's there forever permanently unless the seal is broken. And so that's kind of the same thing that's happening here. There's a process of being sealed into the truth that the Holy Spirit guides us through, being sealed into the character of Christ. It's not something that just is, and a, a transformation overnight, there's, there's a, there may be some time that could happen through there. Jason, can I also ask you, so are there any, at the time, by, this, by the time that, that, that the ceiling that we spoke about first in Revelation 7 occurs, have all who have accepted God been sealed? So I would say yes, because Revelation tells us um, in other places that those who are just, let them be just, those who are unjust, not. So there, there is a point where that seal is closed and there is, there is an, an end there. And that's what we're talking about here. There's a process, but that process, it does reach a completion point through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's sealing has been completed, right? So we don't have to worry about that sealing. The additional sealing that we are talking about comes just before, as Travis told us and shared with us, just before the four winds are let loose and the strife comes, then we've got that second um, sealing for those who are going to live through that time of tribulation. Mm -hmm. And this is very similar for those of you who are aware of the story from Ezekiel 9. There, the people of the Israel also receive an, a sealing from an angel at that time, and it's for their protection mm -hmm. for whatever is mm -hmm. to come. And what does that protection allow you? If you are living at the end of time, and these things are to come, and you have that seal. What does that do for you? What does that do for you? Think about it. Think of all the things that are going to happen at that time. Rodney? It gives us the reassurance that comes what may, we will be safe in the arms of Jesus. So it gives us hope. Uh, because as, as you said, Nisha, there are some things that we're going to study which are not pleasant, um, but th the Lord has revealed it to us so that we can prepare by His grace for such time. So it gives us great reassurance that we are safe on, in the arms of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yep. Thank you very much, Rodney. Uh, Travis. May I read what the psalmist wrote about this very time? Okay, please. In Psalm 91, mm -hmm. I want to read verses 3 through 8, if I could. Sure, which version? I am reading from the New King James Version. Yeah. Can you read the reference for us again, Travis? Psalm 91, 3 through 8. David was writing about this very time, and he gives us a real clear picture about that experience. And again, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perils of the pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays, wa lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, 
but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Amen. Thank you, Travis, for that. Now, as we look at the sealing process, right, there is a connection between the sealing and obedience to God's commandments. Yeah. Now, my question for you is, what is that relationship? Mm. Why is it that the commandments of God play a role in sealing? Mm. Hope? And the verse says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when we have made a choice, I'm going to follow God because we have seen his love for us and we now also want to love him. What is coupled with that is wanting to serve him, wanting to do what he wants us to do. And we will pick up his word and we'll see, well, he wants me to do this. And so it won't be like a, oh, I need to do this so I can get sealed. It'll be a, oh, I love him. I want to do his will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Hope. And the verse that Hope, of course, read for, for, uh, said aloud for us comes from John 14, verse 15. Um, mm-hmm. Samuel? Yes, and I would like to read Isaiah 8, 16. Uh, it's another verse that talks about, you know, the seal and the uh, commandments of God. Isaiah 8, 16. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Bind up the testimony and seal the teaching among my disciples. And in the margin, another word for teaching that is used is the law. Mm. And so the seal of God is contained in the law of God. Thank you very much. That, and that is a perfect uh, verse for us. And we're also going to take a look at, could also, could I get, um, Sabina, could you read for us Revelation 14, 12? Mm-hmm. Revelation 14, 12, okay. So I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And Revelation 14, 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Sabina, what was that? What do these saints do? What do they keep? They keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. Keep that last part in mind. We'll come back to that last part, faith of Jesus. But they keep the commandments. Mm -hmm. And they keep the commandments. And these are the people we talked about at the the end, who are receiving the seal. They keep the commandments because of what Hope said. Why? That's right. They love God, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, Did anyone else have a comment to make? Well, I mean, I um, just the text you went to because I wanted to say we cannot be sealed if we're not walking in God's commands. And then I wanted to mention that when you talked about here are the patient of the saints Mm -hmm. that keep the commandments of God. So Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. said the right thing there. And, And yet, and I agree with Samantha, but there can be an external legal compliance Mm -hmm. And yet, th- your heart is far from God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We see many examples of that in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think what Hope said about love is what motivates mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. It's those who love God who are sealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The yes. indication of their loving devotion yeah. is their obedience to His Word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, Stephanie, let's go ahead and take your comment. I think the focus really should be on that vital connection with mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. and you will have that vital connection, as has already been mentioned, when we love Him, mm-hmm. as we know who He is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Travis, will take one I, I just want to build on what Derek said. These people that are sealed mm-hmm. at the end of time are not people who are just trying to avoid a disaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are people who are yes. in love with their Savior. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that's really important. We can't do a list of things to avoid a disaster, mm -hmm. but we can have a relationship with the Savior in which we will receive the seal and live with Him forever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so I'm going to also just connect for us again, once more, this idea of the seal, the forehead, the commandments. And again, I'm going to reference Moses. And back in Deuteronomy, verses, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, there's something that Moses, he's again conveying to the Israelites about the commandments. Um, and he says to them, you shall bind them, mm. commandments, mm. Yeah. as a sign on your hand, yeah. and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Right, the same place where the Israelites were asked to remember the commandments is where these saints, at the end of time, are placed, that, that are, that's where their seal is placed. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right, so there is a connection. All these things are connected. Amen. Now, why is the seal necessary? And this I'm going to ask you, if you could turn to Revelation 12, 17. Why is the seal necessary? And this is... Um, Let's see. And could I have Nicholas, if you could read for us Revelation 12, verse 17. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman and went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. All right. The dragon, we know from verses, is representative of Satan. Yep. Satan comes after those who keeps the commandments. And so those who keep the commandments receive the seal and protection of God yep. in that time. And God knows this is necessary because the devil is coming after them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, which of, does, is one of the Ten Commandments more important than the other? If I were to ask that general no. question. No. <laughs> no. no. Pastor Derek is hollering out quickly, no. <laughs> There's not one commandment that is more important to the, than the other. Mm. Is there a commandment that perhaps has relevance to this ceiling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see heads nodding. Mm -hmm. um, uh, are there, Jamie, Jean, did you have a comment to make on this? Oh, I was just going to connect it to Revelation 14, 7, and the angel's message call to worship the Creator God. And so all of the commandments are important. It's typically the fourth one that's in question, and it's just a reminder to call, recall, and worship our and, Creator. Mm. Thank you, Jamie. And Jamie, could you read for us Revelation 14, uh -huh. 7? Yes. The NASB says, and he said with a loud voice, fear God and give Him glory because the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made the heaven and the earth and sea and springs of waters. Okay. And what is the connection, Jamie, again, between that verse that you just read and the commandments? Where else do we see that phrasing? We, we see that phrasing actually when the Ten Commandments are given back in Exodus and then I think again in Deuteronomy, that, that phrasing is repeated. And it is repeated, and we're going to take a look at where it's repeated. And so if you could turn with me to Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, we are going to see the connection. And if I could um, have uh, Rodney read that for us. Rev Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, 
nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay. And we see that same thing, right? Lord as creator, maker of heaven, earth, and the sea and all that is in them. Mm -hmm. Were there any comments that I missed? Nicholas, I thought I saw your hand. I don't want to miss you if you had a comment to make. Yes, I was just going to talk about how the relevance of the seventh, uh, sorry, the fourth commandment about the seventh day of creation with the sealing. Like we said earlier, the um, seal of God is for those who are in love with God. And this is the intentional time, the anniversary, uh, if you would say, of our relationship with God. And I think the seal of any relationship is the intentional time that we spend with that person. And that's what we should be doing here with God, is remembering that time um, and, and recognizing that we not only owe Him our obedience, but also our love. Amen. Thank you, Nicholas. And, and we've seen this in the, in the, in the Bible, um, whether we see in Exodus um, or Ezekiel, God also reminds us that the commandments are a sign between him and us, mm -hmm. right? So, and I've, I've heard an explanation before that I, I liked. At the time when John was writing Revelation, one of the things, right, we talked about the seal because it's symbolic and what the seal actually meant at that time. And as we were talking about the seals that kings placed, there are three attributes that that seal represented often. Mm -hmm. And that was the name of the king, the title, and the territory. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the commandments, it is the fourth commandment in which we see all three attributes. Mm -hmm. The name, Lord your God given to you. Mm -hmm. What is the territory that is, or actually what is the title that's implied within that? And we just spoke about that. He's the creator. Creator. He's the creator. And then the territory, it says heaven, the heaven, earth, heaven, earth, earth the and the seas all, all within. Rodney. Anisha, I would just like to um, point out very quickly um, in Revelation 12 and verse 17 that we, we read earlier, there is an interesting twist in that verse, Nisha, that, uh, you know, I couldn't help myself but to highlight because it says that the dragon is enraged with the woman and he's more interested in those who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It says that he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. So it sounds like the woman has offsprings who are not keeping the commandments of God and may not have the testimony of Jesus. And the, the devil isn't interested in those people. Mm -hmm. He's interested in the ones we're talking about, where we're talking about the sealed, those who reflect uh, in keeping the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. So if we are a people who are keeping the commandments of God by God's grace and have the testimony of Jesus, we are a target of the evil one. Exactly, and hence the need for that seal again. Right? right? Thank you, Rodney. All right, so in Revelation 14, 12, we're also, we heard this phrase mentioned, the patience of the saints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why is it that we are called to have patience or endurance at the end of time? And let's examine this a little bit more in the Bible and take a look in Matthew chapter 24, verses four through 13. Um, and could I have Stephanie read that for us? Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 13. And let's tie in this idea of why we need patience and endurance at the end of time. 
and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Mm -hmm. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, so I'm going to ask the question. So why is it that in Revelation, we are asked to have the patience or the endurance of the saints? Mm -hmm. After that, those verses that Stephanie read, mm -hmm. why, why is it? Jason? Well, if you look through those verses, there's a lot of events taking place there, and those are not positive events. There's, you know, the earth is troubled, uh, governments are troubled, and then it even hits you personally. It says you'll be uh, hated by many people, there'll be false prophets going on. So there's a lot of uh, bad things that are going to take place over a period of time, and you need endurance to be able to make it through this this difficult experience it feels like a gauntlet if you will of all kinds of negative experiences happening at once thank you jason and then we'll take rodney and then samantha rodney nisha prior to our broadcast uh derek and and travis were talking about uh, running 5k <sighs> and they embarrassed all of us <laughs> but the point being um they didn't just uh, all of a sudden got up one day and ran 5k they probably started with 1k then go to 2k and 3k and working their way up to five the point being god is using this process to perfect us in his character so the the, the more we realize that we cannot depend on ourselves back to what jason was saying to go through these challenging times the more we realize that we cannot make it by ourselves but we need God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit to take us through. He's taking us through that process of perfection to get us to the place where we can be sealed through His grace and His grace alone. Amen. Thank you, Rodney. Samantha? Yes, the call for this patient and this um, steadfast endurance, it's so pertinent because the devil is steadfastly pursuing mm. God's people. Mm. We, we're told that he's going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and he will not let up. So we have to be steadfast in the word of God. Mm. Thank you, Samantha. And that, that roaring, the devil coming after us, um, for those of you who want to research that a little bit more, if you look at 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 11, you can see that. Travis? Well, um, I just want to point out that Derek let me win that race. But, <laughs> but most, important, most importantly, what I want to build on what, what Rodney said, because I think it's important, 
it's not important how fast we get there. Mm-hmm. It's important that we finish. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that's the most important. And, and I want to speak about the race that Travis beat me in <laughs> and say what came to my mind, and this is really important, is it Elijah running ahead of the chariot of Ahab yes. for a marathon after having been praying on Mount Carmel. What God is asking us to do we will be supernaturally sustained to do. God. Now, that doesn't yes. mean we don't have a choice. Amen. We do have a choice. Yeah. But it's not like, well, if you make the race, you're going to be saved. No. Mm-hmm. I believe that we are supernaturally. That's part of the ceiling. Amen. Yeah. And so we will be amazed, to yes. use the analogy, at how well we run yeah. because we are being sustained by the power of God. Amen. And, and something that we were also told, and Sabina, we'll take your uh, message and then we'll, we'll keep going. Um, something we're also told is just this idea that was brought up about it being an endurance, uh, a journey. That Friends, the trials, some of you are going through intense trials right now. Please know that there is a purpose in those trials, that God is preparing you for things that are to come. Mm. And that the things that you are, they're just developing that character, that seal that he's going to place on you. It's all in development for that. And so whatever it is that you're going through right now, know that God is with you. Yes. Know that you are supernaturally allowed to sustain so, those things and will mm. come through them no matter how challenging and impossible they seem mm. right now. Praise, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Nisha, just you were sharing along the lines of what God was impressing my heart because I realized that there might be people who are watching us even now, who are suffering severe persecution. Mm-hmm. You know, there is places in countries in the world where people, they really struggle even to stay alive, to confess, confess their faith. So I think it's a very good moment also for we to encourage them, to remind them, just as Pastor Derek was saying, that there is a power in the Holy Spirit that can supernaturally mm-hmm. take them, mm-hmm. that they don't need to lean on their own strength, mm-hmm. that it's not because of their merits, but God is listening to their cry, whatever they are right now, and my heart goes to them. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Savina, for that very important um, message. Um, and friends, as we are going through all of these things, there's another thing that Revelation um, chapter 14, verse 12 says, right? So he talks about the patience of the saints. He talks about these saints being the ones who keep the commandments of God. And it says they have the faith of Jesus, mm-hmm. which is necessary as you are going through these persecutions. Now, the faith of Jesus, let's take a couple of um, verses uh, on this. If we could have, um, Samuel, if you could read first John 6, verse 38. Um, and Samantha, I will have you read Luke 23, 46. So, First Samuel, John, uh, verses six or six, verse thirty-eight. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. John six thirty-eight says, "For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me." Mm. Thank you. And Samantha, Luke twenty-three forty-six. Luke twenty-three verse forty-six, and I am reading from the New King James Version. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Mm. Mm. Having read these two verses, these, what is it that you can learn, that we can learn about the faith of Jesus? Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> Samuel? 
So, I mean, the verse that we just read, Luke 23, 46, it comes in the context of Jesus going through the Garden of Gethsemane. And at that time, Jesus still had that faith in God, even though he could not see past his death, he still had that faith in God. And he says, Father, you know, I commit my spirit into your hands. Mm -hmm. And so the people in the last days who have this endurance mm -hmm. will go through similar experience just as Jesus did in the just like their own garden of Gethsemane, but they will still have that faith just as Jesus had. Amen. Mm -hmm. Stephanie. Complete confidence and reliance mm -hmm. upon God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Stephanie. All right, now I want to actually um, talk about, there's another idea behind this, right? So you've got the faith of Jesus, and then you've got the faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. What's the nuance there? What's the faith in Jesus? Mm -hmm. Travis? I'm thinking about the writings of Paul. He says, from faith to faith it is written, mm -hmm. the just shall live by faith, right? It's our faith in His faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Faith to faith, our faith in the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. We believe in God's faithfulness, the Bible says that even when we're not faithful, God is faithful. Amen. And Rodney? The Bible says that if you believe, you will be saved. Saved. So the faith in Jesus is realizing that the only way to eternal life is through Jesus. That's the faith in Jesus. And Nisha, I've always wondered um, in terms of what is the faith of Jesus? And I think we, we have arrived at the, the same conclusion, which is the faith of Jesus is, it is so deep. Uh, it, is, it is trusting, it is, mm. it is commitment, it is realizing, um, if you look at Jesus, it was just mentioned, Jesus being in Gethsemane, he, all he saw around him was darkness, but he, he still pushed through that faith in his father. He was hanging mm. on the cross and of course, the sins of the world blocked him from his father. And he shouted, Father, forgive them for they, we know not what they do. Why are you forsaking me? But he still did it. It's that faith that, that Jesus leveraged to overcome. That is the faith yes. that we will need mm -hmm. in the end of time. Mm -hmm. And that faith mm -hmm. is not of us. It's, an, it's a gift that we, we, we embrace to, to mm -hmm. accept that faith of Jesus because that's what we will need to endure the end of time. Yes. Amen, Rodney. And, and you know, when I think of God's life, Christ's life, and just those, those couple of verses that we read, what I think of is that Jesus led a perfectly, completely surrendered mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And that's why yes. he was able to, he knew his Father, and, he, and knowing our Father, sometimes we still have trouble trusting. Mm -hmm. And he surrendered all his worries, yes. and he surrendered everything into his hands, and then he was able to go through whatever was to come. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take a look as we move on to Revelation 13, 11 through 15. Because there's a reason when we're talking about persecutions, as we read this chapter, what I want us to take a look at is how the book of Revelation expands on the prophecies. So we, we, Jesus gives us prophecies about persecutions. And now we look at Revelation and we're going to look at the future and we're going to see whether or not this has any relevance. So Revelation 13 verses 11 through 15. Um, and Zandile, could I have you read that? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Revelation chapter 13 verse 11 through 15. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamp and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. 
he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in sight of all men. He deceives all those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling them who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast shall speak both and cause as many as who not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So as we take a look at these verses, you know, one of the things that we also note is that um, the Bible also tells us about this at the end of time, who will also be creating some of this persecution for us. Mm. And as we take a look at these verses, um, what I want us to do is a couple of things. Actually, we're, we're going to also take a look at uh, Revelation 13, 1 through 10, because there's a connection between the beast that we see in Revelation 13, the last half, and Revelation 13, the first half. Right? And we're going to need one to, in order to also get some characteristics of the other. But as we take a look at this, before we, I, I want us to actually say, you know, who we think this second, um, this beast is, this two-horned beast is. But before we attach a name to this, let's give a little bit of evidence. All right, let's take a look at, as to what the characteristics are of this beast. Mm -hmm. So the first thing um, that we see is that it's a beast. Now, um, in biblical prophecy, what does a beast represent? Kingdom. A kingdom, a right? A government, a power, something like that. All right, so we know that we're talking about um, a, a government or kingdom or power. And it also tells us that, um, that it comes out of the earth versus the sea. In, and, and what is the significance of this? What is a beast that comes out of the sea? What does that represent? And what does a beast coming out of the earth represent? Jamie Jean? Yes, so in Bible uh, prophecy and symbology, sea usually symbolizes heavily populated areas. So areas of a lot of people, you know, so if a kingdom or a beast comes out of a heavily populated area versus the earth, which would be a less densely populated area. Okay, thank you. And, and what Jamie mentioned, you can see in Revelation 17, 15, where it talks about the sea being where you have people, multitudes, nations. All right, so in contrast, when you see something that is coming out of the sea where there's a lot of, pop, a lot of people, population, the, coming out of the earth in contrast is something where there's, it's something less dense, less populated, right? So then we are also seeing that this nation, this kingdom, starts out like a lamb and then takes on characteristics of the dragon. What can we be told about this nation from that? Mm. Anything we can infer? Jason? Yeah, so a lamb is innocent, is also pretty weak, so this uh, political power would start out rather weak um, and innocent, but then become a dragon. So dragons have lots of power and also can be very aggressive and uh, uh, not in good ways, even demonic, you could almost say, in times. Mm -hmm. So there's a transition where uh, the power goes from being weak and innocent to being powerful in a very negative way. Okay, mm -hmm. and so and also lamb being a young country, right? Yeah. And also mm -hmm. starting out um, uh, Christ-like and then taking on the characteristics of the dragon, which we are told in Revelation is Satan, Satan. right? And so, and in verse 12, um, we are also told this idea that there's some sort of a, there's a global influence that this country mm -hmm. has or will have, right? 
And so as, and then the one other thing that it's in the first part, if you take a look at Revelation um, uh, 13, one through 10, one of the things that we learn about this first beast is that the first beast gets wounded and there's a time frame that's given in there. And it talks about 1260 days, mm -hmm. which prophetically, if we're speaking, is a is the amount of um, time that we are speaking. Oh, sorry, it talks about 42 months, 42 months being 1260 days. And if we study prophetically, whether we look at Daniel chapter seven um, or Revelation 13, the time period in which this about approximately ends, it goes from about 8538 till about 801798. And around 1798 is when this new nation arises. So as we put all of these things together, that this country that is not so populated comes into um, power around 1798, it's going to have global influence, starts out like a lamb, it then starts changing. Um, what country could we possibly be talking about? Hmm. Travis? Well, you, there's a lot of information and much more I know that you could share, mm -hmm. right? And for sake of time, you can't. But um, if we follow the prophecies and the timelines, because we have confirmation with timelines, it seems that the beast the, that rises out of land is the United States of America. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, my question is, you are all sitting in an audience right now speaking about Christian values and principles that's being broadcast to the world, a country that started, and you're sitting in the United States. We're all in the United States right now. Right? You are given the freedom to practice your various beliefs. Mm -hmm. How is it possible that this country that started off with religious values still allows you to practice your religion, allows me all sorts of freedoms, mm -hmm. can go in this direction? How is that possible? Mm -hmm. oh. I mean, um, we, I, we, if we look at how things are today, and I'll try to be quick, there is a, there are civil unrest. There there's economic instability. There are just famine, pestilence, and then there will be they'll they'll see the, the the political powers will see the need for for unity for this one system of worship, and you know because they they think they're looking for a solution and that they find one, and so it's easy because we see how the times are. You know. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right, um, uh, Jamie Jean. Yes, I, and I think one of the things we really see that has emerged in the last few years is sort of this mob mentality where um, maybe a minority who feels a different way or believes a different way can be pressured to conform for the, the quote, greater good, which sounds good, but oftentimes it travels on the rights of the individual. And we're seeing that alongside, um, you know, the civil unrest and everything that we're dealing with is this idea of, of this mob think, this mob mentality that's oftentimes in a response to fear to pressure certain groups to conform to what the group thinks is best for the greater good. Okay, mm. and I also want us to remember, remember in the Bible, we have the uh, character of Saul. And do you remember what Saul was like before he was transformed? Do you remember as he was being led by, mm. he was, Satan, he was persecuting Christians because he thought it was right, he was deceived. Mm. But then when he received mm. Christ and his eyes were opened, he chose the direction in which he was going to turn. And okay. sometimes we can be deceived mm. um, and, and, and systems can be deceived. By then, the moment you start making choices and start walking away from God, Satan knows he can use you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, 
there are there is a connection. So we haven't gone over the connection, the first beast that we spoke about, but the connection as we speak, there's there are a few characteristics. We are told in Revelation in the second half of Revelation 13 that the this power, this uh, new beast, exercises all the power of the first beast, mm -hmm. and it also tells us that people make an image to the beast who was wounded, and that the power given by the dragon is the one who gives breath to that image of the beast so that the beast has power, it has voice, and causes persecution once again. So this first beast comes back into this chapter and is given power by this second beast. And if we take a look as, as we read this uh, Revelation 13, one of the things that we see is that this is papal Rome, right? That was given authority. And so finally, I think the last thing that I just want us to remember, there are many promises in the Bible that are given to the saints who determine to, to endure at the end of time. And whether you are reading Romans 8 verses 1 through 4, Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10, or Colossians 1 27 through 29, you are told that Christ is the key, the hope and the glory. Amen. 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 And I'm glad this is part one. <laughs> so stay tuned for part two because we're going to continue to look at the seal of God and the mark of the beast. One thing is certain, we can be thankful today that we have religious freedom to worship Amen. because that will not always be the case. I want to pray for you right now. Father in heaven, as we will continue our study of this vital topic of the seal of God and the mark of the beast, guide us more than anything to run close to Jesus yes. and to be faithful to him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. You say, Derek, so much to learn. If you just take one thing from today, run to Jesus. Let the seal of God be placed when the saints are sealed. You are safe and secure in Him. Rejoice in that assurance today, my friend. Go out. Be a blessing to those around you. <laughs>